702. Healing Hour. It's time for the Healing Hour. This is a monthly feature uh, that we do on the show once a month. We dedicate an hour to have a conversation among ourselves as friends, as the 702 family. I want to remind you that this is a safe space. It's a safe space to share your pain, to share your stories of survival, to share your experiences. And we're doing that as friends, as a family. We're doing that as a community with no judgment. And what I want us to tackle and heal from today is something that I understand is so sensitive for so many people. And I understand that it's so triggering. But I also know that you and I have dealt with very sensitive issues on the healing hour before because they are so important to address, because they are so important to talk about, and that has helped people start their own journeys of healing. The people that have called us on the show and said, I've never spoken about this before because of the space that you and I have created for them. Because often there's so much shame around many issues. And we need to start destigmatizing some of these issues. We need to remove the shame from acknowledging what has happened to us. That's why today I want us to heal from male molestation. There are so many men out there that have been molested. Many of them when they were young. And they've not been able to talk about it till today. Are you one of those? Are you one of the people that was violated like that and you've not been able to talk about it? You haven't felt brave enough to perhaps call in or to go see a therapist or to tell someone close to you about it. I want to know how you've been healing from that. And I know in the past on the show, We've had callers who called in and they shared their experience as difficult as it was to speak about it when we were discussing the inner child. There are some guys who called in and said, I've never spoken about this, but my inner child is bruised because of what happened. That's where I want us to go this morning. I want us to destigmatize this issue. I've spoken to people privately Some are friends, some are acquaintances, some are prominent people who reached out to me privately after we were doing the healing hour and they tell me they were molested and they've never told anyone about it because they feel the shame. They also blame themselves because they feel like perhaps they allowed it, maybe they encouraged it. And that's the thing about trauma. You ask yourself so many questions. You blame yourself even when you shouldn't be. Some people think their sexuality today is because of that molestation. It's because of that sexual assault because that's exactly what it is, right? It is sexual assault. I want us to create the safe environment for us to talk about what has happened and how that has affected you. I've had males who are molested saying they can't even share a bed with another man because they fear what happened and they fear that that's going to happen again. There's a guy who once called us and said, they they even can't keep male best friends. So we shouldn't underestimate 
the trauma of that incident. And maybe you have blocked it in your memory. But that doesn't mean it hasn't affected you. And it's not just males who have molested other males, right? Maybe you were molested by a female. How are you healing from that? Maybe it was someone close to you, a brother, a father, a neighbor, a cousin. Give me a call right now on 011-883-0702. Let's talk on the WhatsApp line 072-702-1702. If you prefer to send an email, cm at 702. It's 15 minutes after 10 o'clock. 702. Healing Hour. It's our Healing Hour, a monthly feature. I've got your calls coming through on 011-883-0702. If you want to send a WhatsApp voice note, you can send it on 072-702-1702. I've got some emails that have come through um, that I'll go to on cm at 702.co.za. I've got some WhatsApp messages as well. Uh, that have come through. Let me start with this WhatsApp and then I'm going to go to, to Zola in a moment. Um, uh, Anonymous says, Good morning, Clement. As a six-year-old child, I was sexually molested by my female cousin. To this day, I've never told anyone about it and I'm now 56 years old. I'm so sorry to hear that, Anonymous. How have you dealt with it? How has it affected you? Are you still seeing that cousin? I mean, at six years old and you are 56 now. Is it something you've blocked? How are you healing from it? How have you dealt with it? Please can you, if, if possible, send us um, a WhatsApp voice note or just respond on the WhatsApp text as well to, to expand on that. Let's go to um, Zola now, who's calling from... Hello, Zola. Clement, uh, Where are you calling from? I'm calling from the Eastern Cape. Okay. Go go ahead, man. Yeah. Uh, as you're speaking about molestation, man, you know, there's something that I never told anybody. Mm. Yeah. You see, back in the days, we used to go to, to the fields and then we plow. Mm. And then maybe you do wrong there. And the, the, elder, the older guys, they beat you up. So this guy was staying. Uh, we, was, we were staying at the same house. Mm. Now he picked me up in the field, and then I reported home. Mm. And then uh, I was uh, I was told to provide evidence, and then there was no bruises and nothing. And then I was beaten up now by the by the parents. Your parents? It it was not mm, my my mother's sister. Mm. Yeah. So because uh, I was lying now. Mm. So the next time this guy raped me and I was around about eight mm. and he was uh, around about 17, 18. Sure. And now I couldn't, I couldn't share it because I was afraid now because uh, I was going to be beaten up again. Mm. Yeah, so uh, I never see any need to to to, to say it. Mm. Was, so this was this guy your friend, Zola? No, he was not. He was not my friend. Mm. We were just staying in the in the same house. Sure, I'm sorry to hear that, man. And have you seen him again since the rape happened? Uh, he 
passed away a long time ago. And how did you feel about that? Uh, you know, uh, it's just that as 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 we grow, I, I was only I only had a fear that maybe I would become it 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 would, it would change my sex. It mm-hmm. was just one thing I used to hear, and then uh, I was just uh, mm-hmm. trying to trying to trying to block that from happening. Like maybe change to be A or something. Because mm-hmm. yeah. that's what you thought would happen. Do you do you uh, think I you've used, healed I from it, Zola? I used to hear that if you if you sleep with with another man, mm-hmm. chances are you can turn gay. So that's what you were hearing. Have you healed from it? Do you think you've processed it or do you think i don't know because every mm-hmm. time it's not the first time you're talking about this yes yeah but every time you, you talk about it uh, it mm. touches me have you tried speaking to someone zola a therapist or well, have, I'm saying mm, it's the first this time is I'm the first time do, do you have resources to get a therapist can i get you in touch with one get you the services of one oh, please man okay I'm I, gonna don't put, I don't know. Okay, Zola, I'm going to put you back to the producers. I'm sorry to hear about that, brother. Um, I'm going to put you back to the producers and, and we'll try to, to get someone you can talk to. Let's go to Dumi, who's calling us from Boxback. Dumi, good morning. How are you? How are you, Clement? I'm all right, man. Go ahead. Uh, so I was in grade six. Uh, so I had a friend that came from my you know. So where he used to stay was uh, had was mainly male people that were cleaning the house and everything. Mm-hmm. So he so I came there to visit and then they they drugged me or they drugged me and put things in the food. And then we were playing some game and then all of a sudden I went to his private part and yes, to me. So that's so, sorry, to me, we, we lost you there a little bit. So you, you guys were playing a game, and then what happened? Uh, and then he told me that go to his private part, you know. So mm. when I got there, so it just traumatized me. So he said that just, just play around on like a lollipop, you know. Mm. And after that, after some time, that traumatized me. So it even affected my grades, you know. So my grades were fluctuate you know mm. and then later on my parents sent me to boarding school which was an all boys school mm. very far which was in Durban and I had boys that would hit on me you know like flirt with me at boarding school so you had this thing that they said don't drop the soul and the boys that would like hit my air hit my bum and all those things you know mm. So that just traumatized me, you know. So to a point where one one uh, one term my maths were like marks were really, really, really bad. Sure. And my parents kept yelling at me like, what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong? Mm. So I couldn't tell them, you know, because mm. uh, I'd been going through some traumas and anything. Mm. So I was just saying, no, it's this thing of long distance and I really miss home and everything. Oh. So luckily I had a, a teacher that really liked me. You know, mm. and then I could sit down with him and talk to him about it, you know. And mm. then he said, no, I understand that. And luckily he had had a cousin that had also been more or less in the same situation. Mm. 
So he looked me up with that person. So I had to go for counseling and all those things. And up until this day, my parents don't know about it. And it's just a shock to me. Sure. Wow. To me. How old was this guy when you visited him who told you to play with his private part? Uh, so I was 12 and he was 13, but he had older brothers that were 18 and uh, mm. uncles that were always older. Mm. So that's when it happened. So it happened with probably about 2010. Mm. Yeah, 2010. Have you ever seen him again since then? Uh, yeah, I've seen him, but it was just a thing of like, hey, bye, and then just move along, oh. you know? So it's traumatizing, even with guys that, so even if a guy would like touch me on the shoulder, you know, I'd have that shock, you know, mm. and I wouldn't be able to breathe. Yeah, to me, I'm, I'm glad you've started the work, man, of, of just dealing with that trauma because these things are traumatic, as you've seen, even in your results. I'm sorry about that experience. Uh, thank you for calling us and for sharing that experience with us, to me in Boxburg. Let's go to Centurion now. John, good morning. Hey, good morning, Clement. Hey, John. Good, good. I, I just want to share also my story. Mm. Um, I, I want experience. Mm. Um, I used to, like, I've been a homeless. So I used to go and look for jobs. It was 2022. Mm. Look for jobs on the robot. So there's this other guy. He came and picked me up from the robot. Mm-hmm. And then he told me the job is to clean the car and so on. Mm. So when I arrived there, I cleaned the car. As I was busy cleaning, he came with a glass like of juice. Unfortunately, it was a, a something for me to get drunk. I don't know if it's a brand or what. Mm. So I didn't finish it. And then I was already a little bit drunk. And then he says, come in the house. I'll give you the food. Mm. Imagine you're homeless. You're from the street. Then you go in there. So you feel like me taking advantage of eating. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Then he started to show me some stuff on the on the TV. Was it pornography? Was he playing that like yes. pornographic I'm material? I'm trying to avoid some of the statements. So and then he started showing me all those things. Mm. And they... The look of things is gay. Me, yeah, I'm not gay. Mm. You can understand. So, then after that, I was now turned on. Then you forced me in. You understand? Mm. Then from there, I went to sleep flat in his place. When I wake up, that's when my memory started to... And then, living there, we just it was a fight. Mm. So, up to now, when I think about it, I always feel like I'm a useless man on earth because it's against my belief mm-hmm. what I did there. So mm-hmm. I never get any help from there up to now because I once found your sister radio station. Mm-hmm. They, they say they're going to help me. Mm-hmm. Of course, they visited me because they asked me if I want to open a case and I was willing. So they said they're going to help me and go and open the case. And you didn't but open when the they case. Arrived, yeah, when they arrived where I stay, they started to, and then they referred me to some organizations. Those organizations found me, but mm. they, they never helped me up to now. Yeah, and there are some organizations that are doing incredible work in this, John. Um, I'm going to put you back to the producers, and, and let's see how we can assist you to talk to someone 
because um, I can hear that this is something that still weighs heavily on you. Um, thank you for calling us again, John, and, and for being so brave to share that story as difficult as it is to try and seek help again. My goodness, I've got so many emails that have come through so far and, and we've got lots of calls, so maybe let me try push um, this message before the headlines. Hi, Clement, please keep me anonymous. In 2010, I did not get NSFAS and I was doing my second year at university. This older guy who worked at finance promised to get, to, promised me to get a bursary. He then got all the papers and I started believing him and he would invite me to his room to eat since I was not able to buy lunch. One day, he bought me alcohol during freshers and offers his place to sleep since I stayed off campus. I trusted him that night and he raped me. I kept it a secret for almost 10 years until I tried to kill myself in 2019. I've not spoken to anyone about this and I'm finalizing my PhD in soil chemistry and I've told my siblings and partner so far about it and I feel like I'm at a better space now. Anonymous, um, thank you for sharing that and I'm sorry about that experience and I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're finding a better space now, that you've begun that healing and you've been able to talk to someone about it. It's 10.30. 7.02. Healing Hour. It's 24 minutes before 11 o'clock. We are doing the Healing Hour. It's a feature that we do once every single month. This is where we heal from a number of things. Uh, you and I share our experiences with no judgment. And today we are healing from male molestation. There are so many males out there, men who have been molested by men, by women, but they are so afraid to talk about it because there's shame that that's associated with it. And I want us to start destigmatizing because there are many men that are going through the most that are unable to share that pain. Like that listener who said they tried to kill themselves. Because who do you talk to? When you talk to your friends, they laugh at you. And maybe you were molested by someone close to you, your friend, your, 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 your dad, your uncle, your sister, your cousin, that neighbor. How has it affected you and how are you healing from it? You can give us a call right now on 011-883-0702 or send a WhatsApp voice note on 072-702-1702. Hi Clement, um, I won't mention who I am. I was repeatedly raped when I was, I think around six until the age of nine by my cousin. And yeah, he used to, you know, tell me that if I tell anyone, uh, I'm going to be in serious trouble. Eventually I told my parents and they called the family meeting. I don't know what happened. I'm 33 now. Uh, the last time I went for therapy and counseling was around that time, around 10, 11. So now this thing has been catching up to me. It affects even my relationship with my girlfriend. She's the only one who knows what happened. Uh, so now, I it's, it's difficult for me. I would love to get some help. 
speak to someone because sometimes it affects my sexual life as well and i have so much anger to to rapists and stuff i feel that when things like rape happen and it's 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 shown on on social media or in tv on tv whatever i'm grateful that i'm not uh, in front of those people or next to them because i think i would just kill them with my bare hands so yeah if i can get some help i'll be so grateful thank you love the show i'm sorry about your experience man um and thank you for sharing the experience with us uh, the producers will will get your contacts i'll also bring in uh, before we wrap up the healing hour um an organization that assists men who have been molested, who have been raped, um, and where you need a therapist will we'll try and, 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 and hook you up and, and also just link you with this organization. On the WhatsApp line, um, this message says, Good morning, uh, Mr. Manyatela. In 1987, I was nine years old. My friend's older brother nearly molested me, and now I'm 45 years old. But every time I pass my friend's house, this picture comes. Uh, thank you for, for, for this platform. Uh, Anonymous, thank you for, for sending that. And again, that talks to the point we've been making about trauma. You know, something happens or nearly happens at the age of 45. Whatever happened when you were as young as nine, it can catch up with you. Which is why it's important for us to talk about these things. But how do we talk about these things when as society we're not creating a conducive environment a conducive space for people to feel comfortable to talk about that another message on the whatsapp line says good morning clem um thank you for this topic a number of years ago i was on a road trip to support a friend who had lost a parent i shared that around the age of seven I was sexually abused by an older girl who was 12 or 13 who kissed me with a tongue and I remember she had sweet lip gloss on her lips. When I shared this, my friends were laughing and I told them I was being serious but they dismissed me. A few years later, on a night out with close friends and I was walking out to meet them to get out to get an Uber there was some random woman who was walking past me, who spanked me. And I remember I felt so violated. And I told this to my friends, but they laughed and quickly dismissed me when the Uber came. All sexual assault is bad, but my experience is that if it happens to a man, it's somehow funny. I bring it up now, now and then, but I don't see any remorse. I feel like South Africans are not serious about being against sexual abuse. They are directed by what appears in the news. That's a message from DJ in Sentin. DJ, that's, that's precisely it. And that's why I think we need to have these conversations more and more. Because for some reason, men for the longest time have always, and maybe that's the toxicity of masculinity. That's the toxic part of masculinity. That as a man, you must be, eh, be a womanizer. You know, if there's a, is a, if there's a woman who forced herself on you, you must actually consider yourself lucky. You must go brag about it to your friends. 
when, when a woman spanked you for some reason, that's supposed to be celebrated. No, that is a violation. The same way that as a man, when you are kissing that woman forcefully against their will or you are spanking her, that is unacceptable. But for some reason, when you are a man, it's supposed to be funny. Supposed to be something, oh, it's not a big deal, grow up. That is not right. We're going to lose our loved ones who are going to kill themselves. Our loved ones are going to be depressed. Because our position in these things are toxic. And we need to do a lot of work as families, as society, to understand the extent of trauma that comes with molestation. Not only on women, but on men as well. Another message from Anonymous on the WhatsApp line. Good morning, Clement. I was gang raped at six years, um, oh, six years ago. This has been very tough to talk about as I'm also a homosexual. That with this, for me, is double torture because when you speak up about it, then it's used to insult you maliciously or not. Even, even taken seriously. I'm still struggling walking past a group of men or to hang around men in general. Even having men in my space is still a struggle. It's damaging and I'm feeling so damaged. Anonymous. So sad to hear that, man. I'm so sorry about the experience. <sighs> Let me bring in someone who helps men who often deal with these issues. And then I'm going to go back to your lines. I'm going to go to you, back to your WhatsApp messages as well. Uh, Martin Peldas is the founder of Matrix Man. Martin, thank you uh, for making time for us. Good morning. Thank you, Clement. I uh, really appreciate the fact that you're talking about this topic. It's something that is mostly avoided in South Africa. And uh, thanks for the invitation. Really appreciate it. And part of the reason that it's avoided, Martin, is because as society we respond differently when a guy, when a man tells us that they've been molested or raped to when a woman is telling us they've been molested or raped. And I find mm. that that's why most men are afraid to talk about it or to even open a case because there's just so much shame. There's so much stigma around men who have been molested. And I'm sure you've had many of these stories yourself. What, what do we Probably. need to do? And, and men who are listening to us now, because I believe there are many who are listening, but they are unable to even give us a call or even type it on a message because this is something they've blocked in their memory. They never thought they would yes. want to talk about it today. What, what do they need to do? What's the first step? Well, that's the thing. Uh, exactly as you said, we need to start talking about it. And our issue is that there's so much shame attached to having been sexually abused or raped as, as a young boy that we're afraid to talk about it. Uh, we're afraid to actually raise our voices. I mean, let's not even talk about going to a police station to try and open a case. I mean, that's just, you know, beyond ridiculous. So we need to, as men, start finding the courage. But also as a society, Clement, we need to change the way that we perceive these things. You know, a young boy that gets raped by a 40-year-old teacher is not lucky. Mm. There's no luck in that. It's just, it's ridiculous to assume that it's against the law, number one, Secondly, it impacts on that child just as severely as a young girl that is raped. And, uh, you know, mentally, we, the impact is the same on men and women. And I 
you know, it's a difficult construct to understand why society perceives these mm. as different. Yeah. How, how is Metrics Men helping these, these, these men who, who are struggling with this trauma? Um, Clement, we started groups you know, 13 years ago now. Um, <laughs> it's, it's encouraging for me. 13 years ago, people wouldn't talk to me. They thought I was crazy. Mm. But um, we've persisted and we've kept going. And uh, at the moment, we, after COVID, we took a severe knock. Um, there's also, as you understand, very, very little funding for male issues, males' mental health mm. issues, etc. So we really struggled to, to fund. And we've finally managed to open a wellness center in Craigle Park, which we use as a social enterprise to fund the work that we do. And, uh, yeah, we're reopening our groups down in Cape Town. Hopefully in April we'll get those going again. Our groups have opened up again in Craigle Park at our center, which is a walk-in wellness center. So anybody who doesn't have access to psychologists, psychiatrists, etc., because of the, the cost to entry, can come to the center and receive counseling um, at a very, very nominal rate. So it's, it's based on affordability. So if all you can afford is 40 rand, well, then come. We will mm. help you. Mm. We run groups as well at night. We run. We will be starting groups online again. So we we are essentially getting back up and running um, in support groups, etc. Okay. So, um, we have a we have a program that the men work through. It's a, a twenty week program, and uh, it's really, really having great results. So yeah, yeah, that's how we support men. Yeah. Two two things, uh, Martin. Uh, I've seen the incredible work that. Metrics man ha- has been doing over the years, um, and Thank the testimonials that, that people have after going through your program. So, how do people get in touch with you? But also, um, how can people help um, fund the, the work that you do? Do you have a is there a way they can go to the website for someone who says, I see the good work that Metrics man is doing and I want to contribute in some ways? How can they do that? Oh, absolutely. So what we do is our wellness center, it, it, it's, it's quite quite costly um, to have people stay here for two or three months. So we're asking for the public to actually donate funds to us so that we can sponsor people. But we also, through the sponsorships, we give the free counseling and support that men uh, require as well. So they can go onto our social media pages, so Facebook, LinkedIn, and you'll see links there to um, back a buddy to give and gain, etc., where you can go in and make a monthly contribution to the work that we do here. Mm. Wonderful. Um, thank you, uh, Martin Pelders, founder of Metrics Men. Uh, that's M-A-T-R-I-X Men. Um, if you see the work that they're doing, as he said, there's little funding. There's little funding that goes towards institutions that also help men. And yes, women are under siege in this country with gender-based violence, with cases, many cases of sexual assault. And we should focus on that gender. But we shouldn't look away and not dedicate time in also acknowledging and responding to what other men have experienced and how they've been traumatized by what's happened to them when they were young and Metrics Men is one of the organizations that are doing that, that are filling that gap. So if you're able to contribute in any way, please go check out their website, Metrics Men. And if you need assistance as well, they're on Facebook, they're on social media. 
metrics man and, and they can assist you. Let's go back to the calls now. Tabo, you're calling us from Soweto. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm all right, Tibos. How are you doing? I'm fine. I'm fine. Mm. Uh, yeah, as I was saying to your point, I just need to, 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 to let you know that I have a bit of a problem with the signal, but I will, let's see how it goes. No worries. Uh, Clement, you see what what's happening is uh, we, 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 we don't often go into the disability fraternity spaces and mm. check as to, you know, the prevalence of these issues. Mm. Uh, well, I was, I was also molested as a boy, and yeah, to this day, it, it, it haunts me, you know, what happened to me. Thing is, Clement, uh, I went to a special school, and when I got there, you know, especially amongst us as people with disabilities, you are more freer with one another. We mm-hmm. can talk about we can talk about what's happening in our homes, in our communities, when we are there and all that, because you know, we, we, we at least know what's happening uh, to us. We, we have similar uh, you know, conditions and all that. So if you go into those spaces, you'd, 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 you'd get horrible stories of people being abused, of people being molested by their community, by, by some members of their communities, and even by some members of their family, mm. you know. Yeah, those things happen, and 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 it's sad. And sometimes uh, we don't have that outlet. I know that you know uh, these days you can at least go to this organization, that organization, and talk mm-hmm. about those things. Mm-hmm. But believe you me, hey, what's happening? It's it's sad. It's horrible. Indeed, and I think you're right in that we're not drilling in, um, and looking at the vulnerable groups, like people that have a disability. And those are the groups that are molested because also people take advantage of the vulnerable groups. So the more vulnerable you are, the more to them it, it seems easy to um, to, to victimize you. Uh, Tibos, thank you for calling us in Soweto. Thank you for sharing that with us. And, and once again, I'm really sorry about that experience that, that you've had. I want to read a message now from um, someone else, Joe, who says, Clement, I was violated and in more stronger terms, I think I was raped at the age of 17 by a friend. I'm now over 50 and I've lived with this ever since. I go through periods of anger and then I'm okay again. About two years ago, I spoke out to a friend which has helped me in some way. I'm happily married now with children and grandchildren. I've decided to take this secret to my grave. He's now a big shot lawyer, this person who raped me, and I'm afraid he will rip me apart again. Thank you so much for um, reading my story. Thank you for sending us that. Another message says, Hi, Clement. Um, My name is Sichaba. I'm a male in my 40s. While at primary school, I was followed to the bathroom by my classmates who groped me, touched my genitals, pulled my school trousers down, saying they want to see if I have a a penis or a vagina. Ever since then, I get nervous when I'm inside public bathrooms and I've developed a shy bladder syndrome. I find it hard to pee when I'm around other people. I hardly ever use the urinals in the bathroom. I just lock myself inside the, the booth and I pee there. 
Another message on the email says, Clem, I'm 53 years old and I was molested when I was young by a neighbor who was older. Guys are molested and it is real. That's a message there from Anonymous. Do you pick up a trend here of how many people are actually in their 50s? And this is something that's happened to them when they were so young. But it's something that still carries and weighs heavily on them, even at their age when they've got kids and they've got grandchildren. And that is the trauma of molestation. It makes it even more traumatic because you're not allowed almost to talk about it. Another message on the WhatsApp line says, Hi, Clem. I was molested at the age of eight. A guy who lived in our street close to my mother worked in the suburbs. He would ask to play soccer with me, kick the ball into the bushes close by. He would insist that we go and look for the ball together. He would then strip my pants and put his penis between my legs and say, let's have sex. He said I should never tell anyone, and I've never told anyone this except now. Another one says, Clement, keep me anonymous. I was gang raped by four men in 1998. I then went to open a case, and a female cop came to the party and handled it so well, thanks to that officer, Dineo, at the Yorville SAPS. Shout out to you, um, Officer Dineo, if you're still there at the Yorville. SAPS. I want to quickly bring in Dr. Davis, um, Dr. David uh, Gonzalez, who is a psychologist now. Uh, thank you for making time for us, Dr. Gonzalez. Um, there are so many people that are in pain who have shared their stories with us, and there are many who have not shared their stories with us because it's just difficult for them to reconcile what has happened, and, and, and I understand how difficult and triggering this conversation is to them. What's, what's your advice for people who have gone through this traumatic experience? You know, Clement, um, male molestation specifically is something that has been hidden in the shadows for many, many years. And uh, my advice to people is, you know, as much as the perpetrators would have, you know, suggested don't tell anyone like some of your your callers or so many of your callers have said is we've got to stop obeying those people. You need to find a place to talk this out somewhere that is safe, somewhere that is, you know, away from your so-called normal environment. So ideally a therapist, a psychologist, somebody who is qualified to deal with this because this kind of abuse leaves wounds. And you've heard from so many of your callers who were abused before the age of 10 and in their 50s, they're still carrying this pain. It's an incredibly heavy weight to bear and they have to Please um, talk to somebody. You've got to talk to somebody who is qualified to handle this because it cannot be just left as it is. Mm. And, and to those who, some are saying, I'm, I'm scared that it was going to change my sexuality because this is what they were told at the time. Mm. Some feel their sexuality today is because of what happened to them um, um, at the time. Yeah. How, how, you know, how do they deal with even the perceptions that were there and they think they have become a particular way because of those traumas that they experienced. So one of the reasons male molestation is underreported and vastly untreated is that men feel like they're being de-emasculated or demasculated or homosexualized, mm. you know, by having been a victim of, of sexual abuse. But, 
you know, homosexuality is not is not a, a symptom of having been exposed uh, to homosexuality or having been uh, molested. So it, it, it certainly is something that keeps people from treating uh, the problem and from seeking help. But we do know that homosexuality is not a, a, a disease yeah. caused by something like that. Yeah. David Gonzalez, thank you so much for uh, for coming through. He's a psychologist. And thanks to all of you uh, that were brave enough to pick up a call and as difficult as it was, share your experience and tell your story.